He wants us to play attractive football, wants us you know, to get the crowd on our feet. Support's been magnificent and they're singing my name, but I'm happier to just singing about the players. Will it be another Stephen Kenny love in this international window? We've got the best coverage and analysis right here on OTB Sports Radio. Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Love every racing moment Visit hri.ie And you are welcome along to Friday Night Racing Brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland Visit hri.ie Love every racing moment Or follow the new Twitter account At hri racing Hashtag every racing moment It has been a month of records Of firsts Willie Mullins is the first uh, trainer To have 10 winners at the Cheltenham Festival And Willie Somehow you've managed to avoid being on this show All these years until now This is your first time on the show Yeah I think I I got duped into this. Um, <laughs> at least you're honest, I, anyway. Uh, Barbara White caught me at um, uh, a moment yesterday, obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, how have you been since Shelton? is the obvious question to ask. Probably not very good. Right. right. Um, I had a quiet Saturday night, and then I got my arm twisted on Sunday night to go out for a drink, and it's uh, sort of good fun to that, yeah. Well, life is to be lived and these things are to be enjoyed. You had, uh, you had a hell of a week. How was it in terms of your expectations? I mean, it wasn't the first Cheltenham you had where it ended up being a great week, but it started off pretty slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're just trying to go through that. I haven't really gone through it yet, but possibly we hadn't the firepower on the first day. Mm. Um, we were I was a bit disappointed after the first day. It was uh, great to get Statler to win. Uh, but I thought a lot of the others ran dead. But then chatting to people, you know, our own team and that, and we're probably saying, you know, maybe we just had a horse good enough to win. Uh, they were good enough to run well, but not good enough to win. So maybe we got, you know, as much as we deserved on the first day. Yeah, and a lot of people have been in touch with me uh, for questions to ask you in relation to horses and relation to Cheltenham, and we will get to uh, that um, after we have a bit of a chat about um, your career so far. But just just briefly on Cheltenham, your son Patrick had three winners. Um, you had your ten winners, but I guess rightly, Rachel Blackmore hogged most of the headlines for racing. Yeah, I mean, Rachel and Henry won the feature races. Um, you know, that was a huge achievement. Um, that was the whole training uh, achievement and writing for achievement all on their own, you know, without ever anything we did. Um, you know, and that, that shouldn't be passed up either. And I, I don't think it is. I think the racing public and the general public acknowledge that, that it's um, what, what both of them did winning the champion hurdle and the gold cup. Um, absolutely fantastic achievement. I think you have Prince Charles's uh, Mrs. Camilla call into the yard yesterday as well to see the horses. And uh, what could you? How could you describe what Rachel has done for racing over the last thirteen months? Absolutely phenomenal to win the Grand National and then come back and win the Gold Cup, backed up by two champion hurdles. If any jockey did it, uh, you know Ruby, Tony McCoy, they would uh, hail it as a a huge part of their career, you know, mm. and here uh, Rachel does it as, as one would say, a slip of a girl. You know, she's um, she's very light. She's not a big, strong man physically. She just doesn't have the strength of either of those two riders. And um, but she brings a different energy to her horses. What is she, that? Do you think? I think balance. I think trust. Um, you know, I see a lot of the girls, they, they ride like that. Look at look at Jody riding for us in bumpers. One of the best strike yeah. rates in Ireland. Yeah. And, you know, I, I put her on horses 
take Vita, Vita to Vito or um, Chris Jones horse that mm. won in Tremor. Its previous run had been in Pontotan with Derek O'Connor, one of the strongest jockeys in the way room. And it ran away, ran clean away with Derek in in Punchestown in its previous race. And um, Jody rode it around Tremor, you know, like an ordinary horse, settled it in fourth or fifth and came through and won at the end. So you see, it's not all about brute strength. It's, uh, you know, Jody plays with the horses. She let them, she lets the horse think that it's the boss and it can settle and she doesn't, she doesn't fight because she hasn't the physical strength to fight it. And uh, so she plays and, you know, and that's how you hold a horse. I mean, a horse is always stronger than any jockey. And I always marvel at how horses never use anything like their full strength uh, against human beings. You know, they're domesticated animals for the want of a better word. And they're, mm. they actually mind us all the time. And um, I remember once bringing a horse up to the vet, it, it broke its pastern, which is like your wrist in a race in Gorn. And I, uh, we loaded up, we bandaged it up as best we could, loaded up into the box myself and the owner's son. And he was a big guy with about 11 stone at the time riding. I rode the horse in the race and they trained this way and we brought it up to Ned Goings in the Curra. And we got to about Crookstown, she fell down because she was on three legs. And the two of us then just, you know, jumped on top of her, jumped on her head and her neck to keep her down. We had about 20 miles to go, so we'd keep her down and then let her up and unload her. And she put up with that for about 30 seconds. And then she just threw the two of us off like we were two flies. Mm. And we just thought, wow, this is a little mare. She's barely 16 hands. And she got up and stood up in the box on three legs. I said, the strength they have, they never use half the strength they have against the guys that ride them or lead them or anything there. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, when you're working with horses long enough, you realize how, how strong they are, but, um, you know, and that's going back to lady riders. I think also of Holly Doyle's ride in, um, Saudi Arabia last year on true self and the way she maneuvered the horse around the track. There was one or two instances where she was cut off in the race by other jockeys and she she didn't fight for her position. She pulled back and waited and waited and put it all into one effort and won the race. And I think the, the head cam is on YouTube with the American lady jockey doing the commentary on it. And it's fascinating to watch. And I think that's where girls win over their male counterparts. There, there isn't as much testosterone going on between their ears. And I think they, um, they, the horse senses that. And, um, you know, she could have won that battle to fight for her position, but she didn't. She held back and used all her effort at the, the business end of the race. And, you know, that's, that's where I think lady jockeys um, win over. Fascinating stuff. I've often said that myself. It might sound sexist, but I think some female riders just get a tune out of horses that males just don't. And I guess you know yourself as well the the, the value of the yard riders at home and the relationship that they have um, with their work rider uh, every given day is, is it's something special to behold. 
Yeah, I just uh, I didn't read it yet. I'm just looking through my audiolid emails this morning, and um, I'd like just see the headline. Actually, was uh, some veterinary crowd, mm. and they were saying about horses' heart rates being mm. ridden by lady riders compared to men. And if I can find it here, yeah. Does the sex of the jockey influence the racehorse's performance? And this is by uh, a, a data, you know, a science crowd that have heart monitored everything on the horses. And I, I just, they've just written me an email and I, I didn't go through it yet, you know, but there, there are other people that think that as well. I, I, I found the headline fascinating. I'll read it later on. Just watching some of the TG Carr documentaries, um, on on horse racing uh, during lockdown, obviously the dawn run run comes to mind very much. Um, if you could just explain to people, we have a lot of people listening in who maybe are uh, not into racing or whatever. You obviously were born uh, into a racing family. Your dad, pa- Paddy, was basically a, a flag bearer and he, he was a history breaker, a history maker rather. But what was it like growing up uh, with your brothers and your dad and your mum? Yeah, born on a horse's back is mm. not what they say. Mm. Um, well, everything was about. Uh, I suppose ponies and horses were lucky enough lived out in the country and um, couldn't wait to get your first pony I think we had a donkey first mm. <laughs> so we learned to ride on him and uh, then we got a pony and then we got two ponies and um, then we got I think George got a pony so that was three ponies and then my cousins Ger and Seamus that's Seamus Mullins that's training in England mm-hmm. And Jared was the Ninga Gallops and they had ponies. And so when we came home from school at five or six years of age, it was like getting out of the set of the Virginian or something like that. We just threw the school bags in the corner, tacked up the ponies and um, headed off riding all around the area. You just rode into your neighbor's farms and to the, you know, my uncle's farm. Uh, it was pure heaven sort of stuff. You'd never, you know, when you when you think of, we just jumped out on the roads. That time, of course, you'd hear a lorry or a car coming for miles. It's been no electric vehicles that time, or most of the cars wouldn't have exhausted them. I say, but you know, you, you could hear cars. So we we just we never stopped and looked at anything. Just jumped from one field to the next, out across the road into the next field. It sounds idyllic. Was it obvious at that stage that Tony was going to be the best rider among you? No, he hadn't got a pony yet. <laughs> uh, no, then Tony came along and uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a great pony called the Black Moth. Um, uh, so he went around the country doing a lot of show jumping and, um, uh, you know, yeah, so he was very good with her. I mean, they were, they were a great pair. It's it's down on the aforementioned Barbara White has sent me a list of notes here. Why did he decide to become a trainer? I think Willie considered race course manager at one race course management at one point. Now that was one f- I hadn't heard of. You might uh, furnish me with some details there. I uh, yeah I did. I think I went I played for a race course or I think Gorn hadn't a manager at the time. But anyway, I played, but I had no chance. But anyway, um, you know I mean I just when I was growing up, you were hoping to make a living at something. And um, I, uh, you know, I hadn't a bit right. You're an amateur writer. I told me you're not making any money. So I wondered, would I go off and learn about 
you know, work in a stud when I work in, but anyway, be, between one thing and another, started riding, riding winners, got more involved in racing. It was more fun than any of the rest. And I uh, got involved in sort of helping my father. And then I went to Jim Bulger for a season and then came home and then got married and had to really start making money. So I took out a license then. And, um, and that's where it started. What was it like with Jim Bulger? Uh, different, totally different than uh, coming from my father's place, which would be, you know, farmer country background. And whereas Jim had different ideas. Jim, Jim was into making money and it was about he had jumpers at the time, but he wanted to get into two-year-olds and flat horses. And, um, you know, he he had a different view on how to, you know, had, how to make money, how to mm. use money. I always think that Jim used every pound he got four times at least before he gave it to anyone, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he had a, a much keener sense of making money than so coming from my background. And Ger Gilroy's not with today, but he was here briefly, and he asked me to ask you about your dad's gallops because I I kind of only vaguely remember this story myself. But did your father happen upon um, particular gallops rather by accident? In that the the lads, I don't know, did you overwater or something? You might you might tell me what that was about. No, um, we trained on my uncle's farm's fields. And like most trainers, and even some trainers do today, you train in the stubble fields, you train, you'd open up a plough gallop in the summer. Uh, and that's all they had. No such thing as gallops. No one had gallops in the mm. country. Uh, the first gallop that I remember ever hearing about, well, there was a tan gallop in the Curragh, and Seamus McGrath might have had a tan gallop. And that's, from what I can gather, is putting peat moss down on grass and over a period of years, you keep raking it, the grass goes through it, and you have a nice gallop for flat horses, but it takes right. an awful lot of money. Every time you gallop on it, you have to send two or three men back down to do it. But there's no such thing as an old weather that we have now. And then when Hurry Harriet won the champion stakes in 73, her owner was um, a Malcolm Thorpe, who was from Kilgraney, which was the next townland beside Kilcrot. All right, so we all know where Kid Crotty yeah. is, my home place. And their neighbor was uh, this man called Malcolm Thorpe. And he, what about the doctor, went to Canada, um, was very friendly with my mother and father over the years, and eventually got enough money to buy horses, uh, sent them back to um, John. Yeah, we did just take that take that call. I'm not available. So. Thanks. It's good and, you're giving uh, us priority, Willie, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have a fellow working a new machine for me on the gallop, so um, he's he's probably just telling me it's either working or not working. But Timely gallops uh, chat anyway, yeah. There we were. Um, she, she So we put her in foal and she went back to... Uh, he wanted all his stock to go back to Canada. He was... He was um, he was retiring over there and he wanted to bring his brood mares. He had about four or five brood mares. So they all had to go back to Canada. I said, could I go with them? And I did. And um, 
I remember taking off from Shannon on a DC-10. It was an extraordinary trip, great trip uh, back then. So that would have been about 75. And I rode out with Mike Byrne, brother of Paddy Byrne over in Tullow. And Mike uh, was running a stud out there. Mike, I think, was uh, chief steward in Canada. Eventually he was, but anyway, he ran the stud and he had this little small gallop with a black surface. And we were riding the yearlings on it every day. And um, I didn't worry too much about the surface, but I knew it was an all-weather gallop and it was small. Yeah. It was like a, like a velodrome. It was two sides and then the ends were cambered. Mm. We, were only, we were only cantering on it. And then one morning, the last morning, I um, decided to give this yearling a a kick in the belly to see how fast he could go around the bend. And sure enough, it flew around the bend because of the camber. Right. And I can still hear the headman shouting at me because you were only supposed to do a, a slow hack, you know. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to test this thing because I'd never seen anything like it. So I came home, said it to my father. Um, I, I think at the same time, Vincent O'Brien had put in a nine furlong gallop or maybe more was a mile and a half gallop down in Valley Oil and all weather. And that was the first all weather put in in this country that I remember. And he, the cost of that all weather at the time was just way beyond any trainer in Ireland. I think um, maybe uh, Seamus McGrath probably could have put one in and probably did shortly after. But anyway, I said to my father, look, we can do this. Uh, and we didn't know what surface to, or anything to put in, but I said, this can be done if we just get the cameras right. And we put in a two furlong all weather gallop. Two furlong? Two furlongs, yeah. And we had four paddocks out out the back of our house. And um, I said, we just put it in there. I said to him, you know, we could do 80% of our steady work on it, and then you can bring them somewhere else to gallop. And we got in road making equipment and we cut it out and put in the drainage. Everything was done properly. And then we put in, I think we put, we put bark on it. Yeah. Mm. Which is extraordinary. You know, we, we didn't know. We were experimenting. We put the bark on it. Of course, the horses, we had it nicely cambered, but the horses still were sliding all over the place. So we added some, uh, added some sawdust. And that bound it together and then it was still slippy and it was too fast. It was riding too fast. So we put a rotavator on it and churned it up. And that was the start. And we just experimented ourselves and we, we did a lot of steady work on it. And we used to bring our horses, you know, onto the grass or onto the stubble or the plow gallop uh, to, uh, for fast work. And eventually, after a few years, we got to know the gallop better and a few of our own horses that we didn't think much of, we, we started doing faster work on the gallop and we got to learn how to use it mm. until at the end of the day, um, you know, Dawn Run was training us. She won her champion hurl and her gold cup on it. Uh, you know, we got to know how to use it. Uh, it's a particular type of gallop. And I always say, um, you know, trainers come and look at my gallop and uh, they think, you know, they couldn't use that or they wouldn't use it. But to me, it's not about how good your gallop is, it's how good you can use your gallop. You got to know, you get to know your own gallop and learn how to use it. 
and um, uh, that, that's more the key. The, the biggest lesson I ever got was when I went to Newmarket for the first time and saw the gallops in Newmarket, and I thought, great, you know, there's a lot of trainers here that can't gallop, and yet they have the best gallops in the world. Mm. Like, mm. you know, they're not, they're not successful, and yet they have the best gallops in the world. So that told me it's not about having the best gallops in the world or what's perceived to be the best gallops in the world. I mean, I, I see gallops that well, that we wouldn't use any, you know, flat trainers might use them. But, mm. um, you know, it, it's different surfaces suit different people and different types of horses. I think your, your dad said that Hurry Harriet win was possibly either his best train achievement or his favourite win, but how would you describe your father? Oh, uh, must have been very quiet, put up with me. <laughs> And Tony, and uh, I used to name him too, but um, yeah, very quite, very patient. Um, never said an awful lot, and it's only when you know, as I, as I grow older and get uh, my own experience, you realize how patient he was. And you didn't know when you were growing up, people were telling you, you know, I got a patience with horse, and you, and you didn't know what it meant because you're. You didn't. You weren't alive long enough to know that actually patience takes years. When when you're that age, you want things to happen in weeks and months rather than years. Mm. And um, it's uh, you know it's just something you got to go through rather than um, you know the people telling you about it. it you don't realise that I think until you get past a certain stage of your life, what it means. It's not to, not that you were an immediate success either necessarily at Cheltenham in the sense of you know it used to be every three winners every two years give or take and um, what what has been that difference in the the last sort of twenty twenty five years or whatever since you started having Cheltenham winners? I think investment in the in the yard with good owners you know I think Rich 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 Richie coming into the yard was um, huge because he. He wasn't afraid to spend money on a few horses, and we, we started off with one or two, and 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 the thing just got better and better. Um, most of the other times, you know, we we were going to the sales and buying horses, cheap horses, and that's what trainers did. Mm. And that art is gone out of training now because the point of point scene has sort of taken it over. But one time, every trainer went to the sales and they bought. Well, everything you could afford and you train them for a bumper for the following season and hopefully you sold one or two it paid for all of the rest and um, you know it's uh, it, it's very hard for trainers now because the pointy point guys have got in and sort of taken that market and a lot of the horses go to a pointing yard instead of training yard. totally and we brought yeah. in a, we brought in a recent feature, um, my race in moments, and uh, I'm compelled to ask you this. I, I have no idea what transfer will be, but what what's the race in, in your career that gave you most joy, or that you look back on when you're on your deathbed, proverbial deathbed, and you look back on one race? What'll it be? Oh God, I don't know. Mm. Um, uh, no, I've been lucky to have lots of races that. As a kid, I would have been delighted to win, like having the first winner in Chatham. Uh, as a writer and as a trainer, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, I suppose, uh, Hedgehunters National is probably as good. Your father famously that. said he thought he was an even money shot on the day. <laughs> why, why was that day so yeah. special? 
Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but um, you know it, the, the way the horse had run the year before, and with with his knowledge of the race, the horse's knowledge, and the fact that he was such a great jumper, and he still had a lovely weight, and his prep, everything had gone according to plan. Uh, on the outside, everything had gone gone according to plan, and uh, you know, so from. From that position, you'd think if he got there in one piece, he, it was just a matter of getting around, you know. But you never say that about the English national. But when we were the week before he ran, so the race on the Saturday, so the following, previous Saturday, do you remember Mia who used to lead him up and she used to ride him? Mm. And uh, a girl from Finland, I just can't think of a second name now, but anyhow, she, we had a group of people on the gallop. And they happened to be booked in for a visit to the gallop for some reason that morning. And this was his final bit of work. And um, Mia rode him up the gallop and I'm looking at this bit of work and I said, oh, holy Jesus, this is the slowest bit of work I've ever seen this horse do. And of course, she came back to me with all the people standing there. Well, Mia, how's that? And she, that's great. That's great, you know, and passed on. So when the people were gone, I went over to Mia and said, Mia, was that as slow as it looked? She said it was. So um, obviously the horse is sick and um, he uh, just had a bit of a, a cold, a sort of a chest infection. So we were able to give him a couple of days of antibiotics, but basically rest him. I mean, he was fit as a flea. If you remember... Um, Hurricane, oh, sorry, uh, Hedgehunter. Uh, he was always the, probably the thinnest horse. He looked like a greyhound when, mm. when he was fit. Uh, when he was right, he looked like he needed three months off in the field. But um, So we just walked him for the rest of the week. Uh, I went across to England. We just walked him and walked him and walked him. And I think the morning before the race, we gave him about, we gave him a canter for about three furlongs and a little blow for about a half a furlong and the same the morning of the race. So basically, that's all he did for one week was wow. two, two little canters, and pray that it was you know he was he was fit enough and uh, and you know he put in a fantastic performance on the day. So, but you you know you never know if, if nowadays could you imagine telling the press <laughs> he's a late lung infection, the national favourite seven days before the race and that we're not going to exercise him before the race. What Same. price would he be on the day of the race? And I couldn't tell anything. I couldn't tell Ruby. I didn't want Ruby to get off him. If I told Ruby, um, you know, he might, like, remember Ruby the time would get offered maybe one of Paul Nichols' horses to ride or something like that. Mm. So everything is quite as everything. It's, um, Simpler times. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because Honor Jamin obviously ended up um, being a big drifter before the festival this uh, year, winning with his head in his chest. But just just <laughs> last, lastly on that hedgehunter bit, I, I'd say give your father a good kick that day as well. I did, you know, because um, like he won four Irish nationals. I often wondered to myself why he'd never won an entry national. And then, you know, when I looked at it, and I said, well, he'd never have many runners in it. And so I made the decision that time that I was going to have runners anything that was qualified to run in the international was going to run in the international rather than the inferiors. Mm. And that's what we did. And it ended up having the winner of it. So, um, and then we were lucky enough that um, uh, we won the Irish national. So, um, uh, you know, we've, we've even that thing up 
like to win a few more in Irish now. So I'd like to win a few more entry ones too, but we'll see. At least it's a box ticked and yeah. Yeah, uh, my racing moment is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland. Share every racing moment, visit hri.ie or follow Horse Racing Ireland on social media. I was just making it up today, Willie. My first trip to the Curra was in 2003 and Kevin Prendergast won the Park Express and I was thinking, this is a veteran trainer. So uh, you have a long, long way to go yet, I think. Ed Wall said to me the other day, uh, did I think your father won 10 champion trainer titles and he hadn't won one by the time he he was 65 so wow. I was looking if, if it was a pedigree in horses he was saying get better as they get older anyhow so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that's true for the entire family including Tony and Tom but uh, you, I mentioned honours you mean there you never won yes. the champion chase before this year what, that must have been special yeah it was good uh, it was great to tick it off it was great to do it for a man like Tony Bloom um you know, uh, it was um, you know, it was lovely to finally get that last uh, whatever it was four. You know, the the Cheltenham Key races and yeah, yeah, good to do that. The four big championship races. Um, was that the highlight of the week for you? Um, I I mean, a fantastic highlight, but I enjoyed them all. Uh, I thought. You know, the Friday was just something else, wasn't it? Alaho was very good, but the Friday was something else. And, um, you know, I couldn't believe Patrick got Statler, sorry, not Statler, but Billaway back up. You know, as much as I felt for David Christie, um, you know, I, I thought it was some piece of horsemanship and jockeyship to, to get that horse up who didn't want to know, didn't want to jump, didn't want to gallop. Um, you know that's uh, to me to me that was huge anyway. well actually like Patrick had three winners during the week and obviously that was one of the rides of the festival but like as a dad that must um, that must have given you nearly as big a kick as anything yeah you know I think for an amateur to ride three winners at the festival in his career at the festival would be one thing but to ride it in the one week and um, you know but I would uh, the other side of that I thought Jack and Poursois was going so well mm. and they just made that mistake and that's that was the biggest disappointment of the week for me to be honest I just thought well you know we, I think we have this horse in here in good order it just didn't work out and that was that was a huge disappointment um, and that's uh, you know and then to have the sort of the other horse winning it uh, was sort of like chalk and cheese uh, mm. within five minutes you know we've uh, we've time for a few uh, questions yeah. on uh, I suppose we've time for a few questions on Cheltenham Gallop and Deschamps obviously with the, possibly the performance of the week from a horse who doesn't win where do we go from here are you still kind of keeping us uh, all uh, in this uh, the, in the mystery of where this uh, hugely promising horse is going to go next season well I mean uh, you know the, the obvious thing to do is go over three miles mm. I was much and I can't say I was happy with the way he jumped for the first mile mm. um, because he was just ballooning his fences and he actually just lost so much ground um, lost so much ground um, and that takes so much energy out of a horse I was amazed that he was able to go away from Bob Ollinger when Bob Ollinger came to him I thought like he just fold and Bob Andrew would go on. Um, you know, I wonder 
I wonder is that true you know did is Bob Alger all right yeah I don't uh, think he performed in fairness but like would Galvin Deschamps be better off maybe among horses or held up or like his hurdle form or what do you think um, yeah I'd say we do we, we mightn't do much different when, when we ride him again but then it mightn't be the next time there might be more runners and there might be more company uh, that sort of thing it's um, it was uncharacteristic of him to do what he did he mightn't do it again uh, and Paul you know we, we, we haven't really got down to discussing it but um, I said to him what I what I would have done or what I uh, on the day and he can he can try that the next day we'll see beautiful um, how good is Fasal Vega? You know, I thought he was very good last year. Um, this fly is annoying me. <laughs> it's it's, it's here, not hurricane fly, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was here landing in my tea and landing on everything, but um, I'm trying to trying to kill him here before. And yeah, it's beautiful to see, uh, irrespective of the outcome of the fly's well-being. It's beautiful to see something out of Covega is so good. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, what he did in his two bumpers in Ireland fantastic to do what he did in the position he found himself in going past the stands and you know to me I thought most horses do not come out of all that kickback on on a day like that some horses just hate him they pull up and they don't want to know I mean to me look at Shishkin Shishkin didn't want the rain even no kickback he just some horses don't like weather Mm. and um, to come out of a field of, of all that kickback and produce the finish he did was just I, I thought that the sign of a really really extraordinary horse and he showed me that the last time he was in Leopardstown you know to to beat a field of good horses by a length or so was good but to zoom away from them in the straight the way he did when Patrick asked him to open up in Leopardstown you know so and to put in a, a good performance like that on that type of ground and that ridiculous chicane job that they did over there mm. uh, I mean to me unless they knew there was holes in the ground where the hurls were mm. you know our jockeys used to riding in soft ground as Danny said what would they do if the ground was really heavy you know it was um, totally yeah it uh, I, I thought it was a bit over the top and yeah and but at least they ran the thing and didn't call it off yeah, we. I think we're more we're more accustomed to wet weather maybe over here. You, you run. I think you run Mercury on Sunday as well. Another bumper horse who I think a lot of people are excited yeah. by next season. Yeah, he's a fine type, and he did it well in Gorn, wasn't he? One. Mm. Uh, yeah, so he's he looks one for the future. I think you heard it here first, not from Willie Mullins, but from me. Mercury to win the Supreme next year, and Fasal Vega to win the Ballymore. What can possibly go wrong, Willie? You did have Sir Gerhard win the Ballymore. Um, this horse yeah. just has so much class. Yeah, got his jumping together, didn't he, the mm. other day? You know, he, he was brilliant the first day in Leopardstown, brilliant the other day. Uh, I don't know what happened the second day, but I think he got just got upset. And, um, and and Paul hit him a slap to straighten him out, and I think that upset him more. So, uh, yeah, he, he's a nice type. Um, you go chase the next season, do you think, or is it up in the air? That's the obvious thing. To, well, mm. to me, I wonder should he go for the champion hurdle? You know, so um, you've appreciated as well, obviously, in the mix. Well, he'll go chasing next yeah. year. Yeah, jumps like one, doesn't he? 
well, he is. He looks like yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see, it's a big, heavy unit of a horse, and um, you know, we didn't get anything like the performance we got last year from him in the Supreme Novice, mm-hmm. and so we've got to sort that out as well. Uh, we're nearly out of time I hope the, those people pinging you messages are, are wondering about continuing on the party uh, into the week but if you if you were to continue the party in terms of the British Trainers uh, Championship it's obviously been mooted this week in the race and post it is a realistic possibility is it? I, I think you'd probably have to win the um, the national anyway national yeah for starters you know uh, Paul Nichols has kept a fresh team um, didn't send a lot of them to Cheltenham I'm sure Nicky has a few lying around as well in wait to get, you know, we for starters, we'd have to win 500,000 without replay. That's very hard to do, isn't it? It is, but uh, yeah, the week, the, the, the month you've had, you, you never know. But um, just, just lastly, it must have been, I wasn't over there, but it must have been fantastic to witness what it meant to the people again to be back at Cheltenham. Oh, yeah. Everyone was bursting to go to, go to Cheltenham. I mean, you know, you could sense it talking to people I went over on the Sunday and everyone just wanted to get in the door and as the week went on uh, the more people that were coming and the atmosphere around the ordinary bars and that was just buzzing all the time you know people really really wanted to get out and about and enjoy good horse racing I suppose the final yeah, yeah spectacular racing I think spectacular racing and and the final question we saw Holly Doyle and Tom Marcon's uh, tied the knot is there any hope of your son ever marrying into racing royalty as well boy <laughs> anyhow I'm keeping out of that um, I probably the last one to know so um, I'll keep away from all that anyhow there we go uh, you're, you're, you're short of words first time today Willie it's been brilliant having you on and uh, dare I say enjoy the rest of the week Thanks very much and likewise Johnny have a good weekend That is uh, the great Willie Mullins son of uh, the great Paddy Mullins and dad of the great Patrick Mullins we must get on the show as well we had him on last Friday he kind of had to rush off I think the stewards want him for something or other they're probably wondering uh, how he didn't have more than the three winners uh, on the week an amazing ride on Billaway which preceded our interview as you may remember Um, it is time to go to the ads shortly but before that just want to tell you about uh, a huge event we've got coming up. Uh, join us and the Ferry House Racecourse celebrate the 150th running, a uh, 150th running of the Boyle Sports Irish Grand National at a special uh, OTB Roadshow in Dunboyne Castle House, uh, Castle Hotel and Spa on Monday, April 4th. Irish Grand National winners Nina and Paul Carberry, Noel Mead, Robert Power, Arthur Moore and many more racing guests will look back at Ireland's most famous racing memories and stories that the race has produced over its amazing history over a century and a half see otbsports.com and our social channels to register Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie yeah and we do apologise that we didn't have far far longer like we're talking three or four hours with Willie Mullins um, you know talk about his career and hopefully uh, we'll have him back sooner or later and talk about his days in race and what a Cheltenham he had uh, 10 winners but the beauty of this time of year is you go out of Cheltenham and straight into the flat and the first two year old maiden of the season at the Curra uh, tomorrow and uh, so it's just a special time to be uh, a racing fan and the flat season is obviously back at the Curra tomorrow but also next Sunday and I spoke to Colin Keench Vaughan Rutledge and Ronan Whelan who I thought was absolutely brilliant in terms 
terms of his own uh, battles uh, in the saddle I, t- I spoke to him earlier this week it's well worth to watch you can see it on the off the ball social channels um, we basically spoke in one of the new kind of um I suppose restaurant areas at a, the Curra, which looks absolutely spectacular, I have to say, on the day. And really hope people get back to support the Curra this, uh, this year. And here is Colin Keane talking about the atmosphere of racing at the flat quarters of racing in Ireland. What's it like to ride here, actually? Yeah, it's, it's probably it's one, of the best, if, it's one of the best tracks in Ireland, if not the world. It's mm. nine times out of ten, the best horse will win. It's very, very rarely you get a hard luck story around here. What was it like having race scores back as well? I'm sure it makes a massive difference just for the atmosphere and that joy coming into the parade ring. We, we spoke with the day Pat Smullen had his fundraiser here, but atmospheres like that are special. Yeah, I, I, I haven't witnessed an atmosphere like that, especially mm. when they all came back down to greet the horses in from the race. That was, mm. that was unbelievable. And it was a miserable day as well. So the fact that everyone came out to see that, but days like that are, I think are few and far between. But no, it's great to have people back racing because it brings, it brings a bit of atmosphere. It's... It's very quiet when it's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, the brilliant CT Keen champion rider. Uh, he's back riding at uh, the Curragh tomorrow and uh, indeed, uh, obviously, long odds on favour to be champion jockey again uh, this season. Getting back to Cheltenham, though, no less than six winners for me, uh, Johnny, that is, in brackets, uh, in the 10 to follow, laughing at my own jokes, in the 10 to follow stable. That brings my points tally up from 371 to 644, which puts me rank, I think, 1713 in the overall standings. One of those winners, Flooring Porter was ridden to victory by my fellow 10 to follow competitor Danny Mullins what a ride first of all and what an appraisal of the ride Ruby Walsh gave on TV I just thought it was gripping stuff unbelievable ride from Danny unbelievable celebrations afterwards with James Scahill and the lads Uh, but despite all of that anyway Danny uh, remains 100 points behind me in second place meanwhile Ger looks nailed on for a bronze medal as he has pretty much all season to be fair it's a busy weekend for the Tote with Flatsies returning at the Curra and Nace Uh, Sunday sees the Tote sponsored Tote always SP or better uh, handicap steeplechase uh, taking place at Limerick so there is racing as well obviously on uh, in the jump scene uh, at Limerick this weekend um, but it's all about I suppose for some uh, in the Kildare region anyway the flat returning at the Curra and Nace the beautiful beautiful two year old flat maiden of the season where you get new uh, horses who've never run before new stallions never represented before um, and the dream is alive for everyone including Jim Bulger who has a daughter of Finchkill Bio by none other than Kingman Friday Night Racing and Off the Ball is brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie have a good weekend Friday Night Racing on Off The Ball brought to you by Horse Racing Ireland love every racing moment visit hri.ie